<laughs> yeah, amen. Good. Good. Well, good morning. How are you? You're doing okay? Good. Well, it is Advent. I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever had a season where Advent has meant more to my heart. As a family and as a prayerful family on mission, we've been enjoying this season, been sitting, slowing down. My wife is committed to slow living, and I'll confess that I've kind of pushed against that for a number of years. I don't know why. I, I, well, to be honest, I think slow living meant I'm going to take something away, right? And I'm, I'm a passionate person, any, that, any person that knows me. And so um, the Lord's been doing something in my heart around Advent this year. A slowness, a steadiness, a consistency to his presence I've not known before. That there's a pace to the Lord that we get to participate in. And sometimes in our busy year, the season of Advent is the only time we really quiet our hearts and refocus on who he is and what has he done and then who are we and now what do we get to do. Isn't that right? Has anyone else been enjoying the, the putting the break on, as it were, of your season this year? Anyone else been enjoying that? You can raise your hand, or, and if not, it's not a shame thing. I'm just hoping that before the year's out, you catch the vision of the Lord that says, come away with me. Come and sit in quiet stillness with me. Learn me, and learn yourself in me, and then let's have a lot of fun. Doesn't that sound like him? So as we just sit in Advent the last few weeks, but we've been enjoying as a family, Graham, as only Graham can do, leads the way in, in encouraging our hearts to sit in a space of hope. Right? He brought us to a place of hope and understanding that hope has come into the world in the one Jesus. Right? So as we light the candles, we remember that hopelessness <laughs> it was hopeless there for a moment with the fire. I should have tested that, eh? Yeah. Hopelessness has been shattered forever. Wow. Let's just say that together. Hopelessness has been shattered forever. And then Kitty again last week as we continued on our Advent season. We discovered that joy is the absence of war. Chaos, anxiety, brokenness, division. Oh, Jesus comes on the scene. He reconciles things into himself. And he makes peace for us through his own body. Yeah. And not just for a moment, but for always. So we sit as a family. That peace is everlasting. Let's say together, peace is everlasting. We light a candle for peace. It's like a blowtorch, isn't it? My goodness. And then, yeah, as Adam said, I get, the, I get the great privilege to talk to you about joy. I couldn't think of something better to talk about. I can't think of something that has captured my heart more in my process with the Lord over the last three or four years. I'm a passionate person in general. But there's something about joy that you can only learn from the Father. You can only learn from the Lord. And the angel would announce to shepherds in a field, he says, Behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. All people get to experience this gift of joy. So as we light the candle this week for joy, we remember good tidings of great joy for all people revealed in Jesus. Amen. Well, let's center our hearts. As Adam said, the Roberts have been blessing us with incredible art and wonder, expression of their love for the Father. Let's just take some moments and, and let it center and capture our hearts. Yeah? Go ahead and roll that if we could.
child, you shine like never before. Who is this, the Holy Spirit that I've never known? Spirit that I've never known. could have sat over there and we could have just put that on repeat and just watched it over and over for the next half hour and been the better for it. I love this story. Go if you could just quickly go ahead and grab, grab, grab your paper things that Adam was talking about, your Bibles, the good stuff, and go ahead and open to Luke 1. We're going to sit in scripture this morning. We're going to wonder together. We're going to let scripture shape and inform who we are. We're going to let the Lord reveal himself through his word and we're going to find ourselves in the story. By discovering him. So Luke 1, 39 through 45 is where we're going to be this morning. 
I, I, I've personally been sitting in Luke 1 and 2 for the last, I don't know, maybe month. I'm captivated by these, by these chapters, particularly Luke 1, because it's the only gospel that captures a lot of these things. Like, we don't know, we, we've got the gospel, but Mark, we, Jesus, is, he's on the scene. And John, we've got this beautiful unpacking of the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we love that. And Matthew, we get the, the Christ child coming in, but... But in Luke, Luke writes to us what was happening beforehand, this preparation thing that was happening. The hearts of people being prepared is incredible, and it begs us that we tarry and we stop there for a few minutes, right? What is this joy? What is this joy that's coming into the world? What is this good tidings of great joy that will be for all people? I'm going to move this here. I'm going to knock something over and then fire and then danger and... I'll never get invited to do this again. <laughs> this joy, what is this? I remember hearing a scripture. I remember hearing, song. I didn't hear it. I was stumbling in scripture one day and I came across Psalm 16. Psalm 16, 11 says this. He says, you have made known to me the paths of life. And in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, pleasures forevermore. And your presence is fullness of joy. And I read that and I thought, if the Lord is offering the fullness of anything, I want it. I'm a, I, I, I grew up with uh, probably an addictive personality, as I guess. I always wanted something. I love the feeling of feeling full. And so I'm sitting here in Scripture and the Lord is like highlights. The fullness of something is offered. And not just that, he tells me how to get there. I'll be honest, my hunger was for joy, but sitting in that scripture and sitting in this joy thing, the Lord reframed my hunger for joy and he replaced it with his presence. Joy takes us somewhere. It leads us somewhere. It stirs hunger and then it points us to the one who is full satisfaction of that hunger. This is joy. And this is the thing that would be for all people. And this is where we're going to stumble through today. Let's look at scripture together. Here we go. Verse 39. Man, it's going to be fun. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Just said Hello. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears... The babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. I just want you to imagine. I love imagining. When I read scriptures, I love to just sit. I'll read a small bit, and I just I want to start to visualize it. I want to start to see what's happening. I want to get myself in there. I'm a visual person. I learn by, by, by watching. 
auditory as well, so both, and I'm really good that way, and that's how I like to learn. So I imagine sitting in this place, I want you, if you will, just join me in this scene. We have a house, I don't know the size, but Elizabeth is doing something. She's six months pregnant at this time. She's doing something in her home, maybe just preparing, maybe she's preparing a room for the baby that's growing in her womb, which was a wonderful fulfillment of a promise of the Lord. Her and Zacharias, earlier in Luke 1, received this great visitation from Gabriel. It says, your prayers have been answered, and you have a son. What what joy to have barrenness fulfilled with a son. Wow. She found herself in the, in the story of her own nation, right? Sarah and Abraham were waiting for a son. So she finds herself not just in her own story, but the story of a nation. You can imagine that the whole pregnancy is filled with joy at the faithfulness of God. I imagine she's just preparing her home. There's a, a bounce in her step that she's not had before. Dreams that long died have now been taking on real life for her for the last six months. She's preparing her home. And I don't know what Zacharias is doing at this time except saying nothing. He's doing a lot of thinking, enjoying his silence and solitude, the gift from the Lord. Man, I, I, I need that more. I need to learn, honestly, I need to learn to say less and enjoy him more. Wow. Oh. What a gift silence in the presence of the Lord is. Wow. He's learning the Lord in a new context. He's rehearsing his whole life, I imagine. I don't know if he's keeping himself busy in silence, but he's doing something. There's, there's life happening in the home where it didn't exist before because they're stewarding a promise of God fulfilled and the child in their womb. A promise fulfilled in your life from the Lord. We get to steward it in a new way. Promises and dreams fulfilled in the Lord are not just something to behold, but it's something we get to get our hands on. We get to prepare for. We get to imagine how they'll impact who hasn't had a child in their womb and then began dreaming of their future, what they would be like. This is what they're getting to do in the home. Now, shortly before that, a little bit before these verses, Mary also has a, a visitation from the Lord. Gabriel comes and declares, you are going to host the manifest presence of God in flesh. You will have a son, and his name is Jesus. The first time that name is uttered in this side of heaven, can you imagine how long heaven was waiting to reveal his name? Can you imagine how long they were holding that moment with the Father, saying, God, I wish it was now, but we trust the Father. Like, heaven had to wait with us. Earth was not the only ones waiting. Heaven was waiting as well. And then now's the moment, and Gabriel sinned, and he gives the word to Mary, and he's like, you are highly favored to this young girl. You will give birth to the Son of God. He's going to restore all things. And she believes. And not only that, he says, guess what? Your cousin who was barren is with child as well. So she gets this word, gets up, and the scriptures tell us that she immediately went. She went with haste to Elizabeth. I've, I've, I've got to see what's going on here. The Lord has given me a word, and I believe him. I said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, Mary said. I trust you. I'm with you. Let it be so. She receives the word, and she responds to it. And she's moved to Elizabeth's home. 
Are you seeing this yet? Are, are you there? Are you seeing what this might happen? And she just walks in the space. And there's, there's no worship. There's no celebration. There was no email or text to Elizabeth saying, hey, can I come and be with you for the remainder of your pregnancy? Nothing like that. Oh, the good old days when family members surprised you and stayed for months. <gasps> It's like Christmas vacation in the scriptures. Remember when Cousin Eddie shows up? You surprised, Clark? That, that sort of thing's happening here. <laughs> I didn't see that before. That's for free for you in the spirit today. And here comes a young girl. We don't know if she traveled with anyone. We don't know who she told here's this young girl with a promise from the Lord, overshadowed by the presence of God, the life of God, the very life of God in her womb, growing, becoming, preparing. And she goes to her cousins, walks in the door and says, hiya. I don't know if it was like that, but Adam and I were in England. It was my first time. And they all say hiya. And it just, I really loved it. I just like how they did that. So in this story, Mary's going to be English and she's going to say hiya. And in that moment, in that moment, we get a first look. We, see, we, we get a taste of what this good tidings of great joy for all people might be like. This young girl carrying the very life of God in her, overshadowed by the presence of the Lord, walks in a room and she greets it. And at that, the child, the thing, the promise, the person, the dream hoped for and fulfilled that's been sitting in Elizabeth comes alive. Comes alive, leaps, kicks, moves. I was doing some research, don't quote me on this, but I, I, I read that most of the time, and please correct me at any point, not now, because that'll hurt my cred, but later. <laughs> Moms feel kicks in the womb anywhere between 13 and 25 weeks. That's when you start feeling a kick in the womb, right? If it's your first child, it may not, it may not come till the 25th week. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know if she had experienced a kick before, but a greeting comes in. A life overshadowed by the presence of God comes in and says hello. And the baby kicks and leaps. And it's such a kick. And it's such a move. It's such a turn. It's a dance, some translations would say in scripture. That the baby danced inside of her. It got her attention. This is not a normal kick. This is not just to let me know that there's life here. This kick got Elizabeth's attention pointed to the life that was in there. There's something about this kick that got her attention. Early in scripture, Gabriel told Zacharias that your son would be filled with the spirit from in his womb. He'd be filled with the life of God. We can search the Old Testament and there's not a whole lot of times we see people filled with the spirit of God. The spirit of the Lord comes on people. There are people like Caleb who was of a different spirit. So there's moments and shinings of it. But but never a word that in the womb someone would be filled with the presence of God. So imagine it, if you will, a woman standing here, busy with life, holding a, a gift from the Lord. A girl walks in over here, 
carrying the very presence of God. God walks in the room. God walks in the room. And the presence of God on this baby in the womb, there he is. There's my source. There's, there's, there's my origin. There's my origin and my fulfillment. Mom, there he is. The one who did this for you. He's come. How do we know that was the revelation? Because look at what Elizabeth said. But in verse 43, she said, bless you, girl. That's in verse 42. That's the Adam translation. Bless you. And blessed be the fruit of your womb. And then she goes, I can almost imagine. She's like, more, Lord, more goodness? You've already given me a child. You've given me everything I've asked for. But what, why is it granted to me that I might be able to recognize the first entrance of the coming of the Lord? What a moment. Why is this granted to me? The kick of joy, the life of God, the presence of the Lord on her child in her womb directed her attention to the coming one. Behold, you carry the Lord of all creation. You carry my Lord. And then she says, blessed is she who believed. Great job, kiddo. <laughs> they should have had me write to Passion Translation. There will be a fulfillment of the words that were spoken to you. What was spoken? Turn back a page. You don't have to. I will. I will tell you. This is who he is. He will be called. He will be great. Verse 32 in chapter 1. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. You go down. He says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also. That holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. What a story. What a moment. Do you see yourself? Don't you long to be a fly on the wall in that moment? So why is it here? Why, why is it here? Why did Luke put this in the, in the gospels? Why do, why do we get this, this front row seat to everything that we've been waiting? We've been waiting for the, for the one to come. We've been waiting for Jesus Let's keep in mind, Jesus did show up in the Old Testament a few times. The angel of the Lord revealed himself to Joshua. The angel of the Lord in Judges 13 revealed himself to Samson's parents, Manoah and his wife. I wish she had a name. So Jesus could have just, he could have just come. He could have just come. And wrapped in flesh, it said, here I am. Things are going to get good. I've come. God is for you. Here I am, Emmanuel, God with you. Let's crack on with it, right? So why this way? Why this story? I have a wondering. I think this is a first look, a great revelation, a foretaste of the good tidings of great joy that will be for all people. 
I can imagine many of us have imagined God with us simply meaning God for us. God is for me, right? Paul writes to us, if God be for us, who can be against us? We really love that. That's powerful. But I can imagine it without realizing it, when we think God with us, we think God for us. God is going to send his blessing, and he will. God will send his provision, and he will. God will send his protection and resource and family, and he will. But he's, God with us in this looks very different than God sending a blessing and keeping his distance. God with us is God in us. The Father's idea of God with us so far exceeded our own, so far exceeded the hopes and dreams of this nation who were longing for a king that looked like David, for a warrior but a tender heart, those who would lead them out of the great oppression. They weren't dreaming big enough. The Father says, to be with you, I want to be in you. If, I, I want you to enjoy everything we've enjoyed. We, in, in my house, we don't know where I end and the sun begins and the Holy Spirit takes over. It's this beautiful oneness, this togetherness, this withness. Now we get a first look in Luke 1. How what, my, what is coming after the Lord has lived his life, been Betrayed into the hands of men, crucified, buried, rose, ascends to the Father, and sends the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit's come to put the very life of God inside of us. The very life of God inside of us. This is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is what the Father had in mind when he said, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, God in you. Not just God in one flesh, but God in all flesh. This was his great desire and dream. We've sat and we've wondered about this. Why this story? Because he needed to get our attention. Those who thought they didn't get to participate. A woman far past her process of having kids. Barren. Filled with the life of God. A young girl. Conceiving the Lord in the midst of scandal. Have people been disqualified in the body because of scandal? God says, this is what I'm here to do. Put my life in you. Look at this story. The life of God in a life comes into the room. A simple greeting. And the life of God in someone else is catalyzed. It's awakened. And now Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit. Are you seeing this? This is wildness. Look at this story. I mean, really, behold it for a moment. God in you. Catalyzing the life of God in someone else. The God in someone else receiving revelation of joy. Revelation of life. It says, I know who you are. Now she's participating. Mary's a participant in the, in the plan of God. She comes in to discover Elizabeth who's a participant in the plan of God. And now everyone's participating. Everyone's getting to enjoy the life of God in them. But for one another. Because sure, right after this, Elizabeth's prophetic 
revelation stirs a song of delight in Mary who then magnifies the Lord. It's quite something to behold. I love profound and powerful moves of the Lord. I love, I love coming into this space this morning. What an enjoyable time of worship, right? Oh my goodness. What was that about? We have song. We have David coming up with a fresh prophetic song coming out. We have kids dancing, clapping. Joy is all around us. So what happened in the room? I would suggest to you what we saw here is what happened in our worship this morning. I believe the Lord was getting our attention and stirring our appetites. Presence of the Lord rests on a place. And so the people of God, the life of God that you carry, that you brought into this space, catalyzed by the presence of the Lord already in this space. And what was your response? Worship and adoration and exaltation. You look through the Old Testament, the word for joy is, is exaltation. It's worship. It's response to his presence. We're participating. This moment here, I believe, is the first fruits of what we're getting to enjoy here. And what we're enjoying here and what the Lord's inviting us to do as a family is to imagine what it would look like as we begin to scatter into the city, as we begin to gather in our homes, aware of the one that we carry, completely submitted in response of love and adoration and exaltation, submitted to him, and then carry that very life into our homes and invite people in and give them a taste of what it's like, hoping that the life of God in us might catalyze the life of God in them. That's what we're up to. Great gatherings are good. But without an extension of the presence of God, the life of God in which people are made whole, to where people like John find their source and their fulfillment, then what are we doing? I was at post one day, and, and I'm just sitting there making coffee. It's late into the evening, and shop's going to close soon. And this, guy, and this guy walks in. These two guys come in, and something in me starts to, you know, so it's a tingle or get, get a little fervory, right? And so I'm just wondering. I've been learning how to recognize this sort of thing in my own life. I'm always looking for where he's at. I'm always anticipating the Lord walking in the door. I'm always hungry looking for that because when he comes, things get awesome. Things get better. And so I'm pouring coffee and this guy comes in and I just begin hearing like, that man just has the presence of the Lord in him and on him. He carries the life of God. I recognized what's in me, and I recognized it on him. And I, what do you want to do here, God? What's going on, right? This is about to get good. I finally muster up the courage towards the end of the night to go over and just say, hey, I, hey there. I don't know if this is going to be weird, right? We always lead with that. I don't know if this is going to be weird. <laughs> but when you walked in, I just, something in me lit up, and I just, I kind of thought maybe in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> yeah, you just mumble it out there is what you do. And the funniest thing happened is these two men were sitting at the table. The other guy's like, that's why we're here. The same thing happened to me when I was in Walmart, and I walked past this guy. 
I walked by him. There was just something about him. The Lord highlighted. I recognized something in the Lord on him. And so I said, we've got to get coffee because you just, you've got the Lord all over you. So they wound up at post. And then I, and then I recognized what he recognized. And all of a sudden, the Lord is, is honoring and affirming a son. Three sons. Three sons have been affirmed and honored here. That's what we see in this story. Mary comes, and if she had any doubt about what Gabriel did, they were put to rest with Elizabeth's confirmation. I know, I know what you carry. I know who you carry, and I know what's on you. And what's in you and on you is catalyzed what's in me and on me. This is the great joy of our life, to host the presence and to broker joy. This is who we are. This is what he had in mind. This is the church. Do you want a little bit of more fun? And then we'll, I'm really good at crash landing, not very good at gently landing. Here's a little bit more fun. That word for joy, when Elizabeth said, the babe inside my womb leaped for joy. That word has the same implications as it did in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, set captives free, let prisoners go, declare the favorable year of the Lord. Instead of mourning, they will have the oil of gladness the anointing of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, what the Spirit of Jesus said he'd do in Isaiah 61, we're seeing happen in Luke 1 as a foretaste of what happened in Acts 2 with a great outpouring of the Spirit, the privilege of all flesh hosting the presence of God, increasing the hunger and opportunity for joy in all the world. This is why Gabriel said, this will be good tidings of great joy for all people. The potential for each and every one of us to host the presence of God, to be aware when he steps into a room, to have the opportunity to, to submit and respond to his life, not just to have an insular, joyful moment, real brilliant quiet times and glorious church services, but that we would walk out at the presence of God on us and our tables, the simple rhythms that we gather in would produce life and joy in the Holy Spirit. We had a five-person MC this week. Five people. It's holidays. Things are going on. That's not a shame thing. People got stuff going on. It's groovy. I love it. It's great. Five people. My wife and I, Merwins and our friend James. We sat in simple rhythms of the apostles' teaching. We sat in Scripture. We all brought what the Lord had been stirring in us. Just delighting in what he'd been showing us. We had a wonderful meal together. We took the Lord's Supper. We took the Lord's Supper. And at the end of our little gathering, we prayed. And we opened our hands. And we just said, Holy Spirit, we just want you. We enjoy you. You are the promise of the Father. And Lord, we love when you show up. So do it again. Simple rhythms. And the joy of the Lord fell and hit our friend. 
started with some giggling. I personally like those encounters. I've had one myself. Joy of the Lord. You get to giggle. It's just a really good time. <laughs> Presence of the Lord begins to overwhelm you. He begins to open your heart. He begins to stir your hunger for more. And he begins to fill your hunger with more of himself. My friend said this when I saw him the next day. He said, in this moment, I, I felt like the father was telling me that he was trusting me with more of himself. Who is sitting at your table? Who's in your neighborhood? Who's in your workplace? You don't know what they carry, but you're well aware of who you carry. And Scripture demands our imagination. It invites us to imagine what would happen if we walk into a room. And those that walk into a room with the life of God inside, when they say hello, things happen. Simple greetings break over incredible encounters. Doesn't that sound awesome? Isn't that what you want to do? Isn't that what you want to be a part of? Don't we read these stories and say, man, I wish I could, I wish, man, I, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could do that. I, you carry the life of God in you. The kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is in you. Imagine the possibilities. Imagine the potential. Imagine the unbridled joy that comes in the presence of the Lord. And that's the moment I'm inviting us to today. That's the moment I'm, I'm inviting you to. I want to ask you a couple questions, and I want us just to take a couple moments and meditate on them each. First and foremost, what we see from the scripture, the question I want to ask is, are you aware? How's your awareness? Does the life of God in you have your attention? Is everything you do in life in relation to, to who you are? Because the life of God in you orients the entire space you occupy. As you have your awareness, so we just sit. Let us sit before the Lord. I'd say, Abba, King Jesus, Holy Spirit, increase my awareness of Christ in me. Increase my awareness. Capture my attention again. Some of us in a room may live with a great awareness of the Lord. We love being with him and we delight in it and our, our times are vibrant and our MCs are vibrant. He has our attention and our awareness, but we have to be honest with ourselves. Does he have my response? Does he have my submission? It's one thing to be able to recognize the Lord at work in a room. It's quite different to submit yourself and participate. So this might be a challenging moment. Maybe there's a moment of repentance between you and the Father. Lord, I've seen what you've been doing, but I've been unwilling to submit to it because I'm afraid. I'm scared. I don't know the landscape of the room. I don't know if anyone in my work carries your life in them. I just don't know what's going to happen. 
Maybe this is a moment of repentance before the Father and say, forgive me for acknowledging your presence and yet not submitting myself to you. This might be a sensitive, tender moment, but the Holy Spirit is quite safe and he's quite good. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to love us well and reveal areas of repentance in our heart that we might acknowledge your presence and respond. And lastly, there may be some people in this room that have never even for the first time been aware of his presence. And something is happening in you in this room right now. There's something stirring inside of you. Feelings you've not felt before. I'm pretty confident it's not breakfast. God's doing something in you. He's trying to get your attention because he's been jealous for you for always. And he always will be. And he is relentless in his pursuit of you. The moment the Lord got my submission, he broke into my bedroom at 1230 and he said this. This is how God introduced himself. This was the simple greeting. He said, I've always been pursuing you and I will always come for you and I love you. That awakened a hunger for me. It unlocked realms of joy to spring up a well. It unlocked that and it gave me a hunger that could only be satisfied in pursuit of him, in response to him. And some of you in this room are feeling that for the first time. This is the father wooing you to himself. I want to give the invitation. If you have never submitted your heart to the father. If right now he's reframing your heart saying, I'm the safest one you'll ever know. Come to me. Come to me. If he's wooing you right now, I'm inviting you to not shut it out. Don't explain it away. You don't have to fully understand it. Mary didn't fully understand it. I'm just inviting you to follow it. It's an invitation for your life to be made whole in Jesus Christ. To submit your life to him. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And begin enjoying the fruit of his presence, which is joy. So we're going to leave a moment. I'm going to let you do business with the Lord. And we're going to pray. And if that's you today, if that's who you are, if that's the moment you didn't know you were waiting for and now has come, there'll be prayer ministers up front. We want you to come. We want to invite you to trust family, maybe for the first time. Submit yourself to the one who holds your life, to your source, your origin of joy, and begin that wonderful journey of discovering that your fullness, your fullness of joy is found in him. The Holy Spirit, we invite you to do what only you can do. We invite you to turn up the volume on your romance and the hearts of the people right now, God. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to reveal Jesus, the perfect one, the holy one, the promised one, the Son of God who purchased our life with the shedding of his blood, the great victory over sin and death. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give language for invitation that those who have never tasted and seen that you're good 
to receive the gift of new life today. Father, I would ask you to be relentless. Be relentless. Holy Spirit, you are the promise of the Father. You are the promise of the Father. So we ask for a fresh filling. Fill us again. Fill us again, Lord. So that your great dream of all people, all places, filled with the glory of God, as the water covers the sea, would become a reality in our life. We love you and we bless you and we exalt you forever. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into the world. You are the good tidings of great joy that is for all people. And his church said, amen. I want to invite, I think it's Meg and Kim Megan Mary, knew that, just testing you. <laughs> Megan Mary are going to come and lead us in a beautiful liturgy, turning our attention and our affection on Jesus. Father God, you who love us more than we can fathom, who chose us from the very beginning to be family. We praise your holy name. Jesus Christ, Son of God, word became flesh who dwelt among us and was sacrificed for us. We praise your holy name. Holy Spirit, comforter in our lives, empowering us from the moment that we first believed. We praise your holy name. Isaiah 6, 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, our King, send us your grace this Advent season so that we can prepare for your coming. Help us slow down, listen to your voice, and focus on what's really important. We place our hope in you as we prepare our hearts to celebrate your birth. Advent God, we journey with you to Bethlehem's stable and a newborn king. Ears attuned to the song of angels, eyes alert for Bethlehem's star. Keep our hearts aflame with the aim of Christmas and the promise of a savior. John 1, 9 through 18. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. During this Advent, let your light of peace and love shine in our world. Give us eyes to see the signs of your presence in our everyday moments. Help us to prepare our lives and homes to receive the one who said, I am the light of the world. We welcome you afresh to make your home in us. Together we declare, you are the light of the world. Jesus, thank you for going through great lengths to enter our humanity, 
showing us that even in our most ordinary and disheveled moments, you are with us. Help us embrace brokenness in others. We want to be like you in this way, Jesus. Let our lives display your loving kindness to all people. Jesus, you are the good news of great joy for all people. You want all of creation to know and experience the joy of your coming. Thank you that you have come to dwell among us. May the whole earth be filled with the glory of this King. We bless our family and our friends to know that it's this good news that ushers in great joy. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all in this Advent season. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. Yeah, that's cause of celebration. Well, family, let's stand together. Let's grab a hand. And let's participate in one of the great joys through prayer, communing with the Father as we pray the way he taught us to. Amen? Yeah. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.